Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, June 22nd. It is noon. Welcome back to the hit, the relaunch of the hit. Probably, I think, the third time we're relaunching it, that I'm relaunching it. But for people that have listened to me, me and Bonnie before, welcome back. I really appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to this or watching this wherever you can. People that haven't seen this before, welcome. This is the hit. I hope you guys enjoy your time. Um, I haven't done this in a very long time just because things get in the way. Being in school, playing a sport, working, it's a lot. And doing this takes a lot of time and effort that I wasn't willing to put in when I was at school. And for people that haven't watched in a while, I was at Mercy College and I just graduated. So now I'm on to the next stage of my life, whatever that may be. And I'm excited for it. And doing something like this is going to help me improve my skills enough where I can go and do this in the next stage of my life. So these early episodes are going to be shoddy. They're not going to be great. We're working on it. No, they're going to be great. What am I saying? They're going to be fantastic. So good. I'm not even nervous about it at all. Not even a little bit. But we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it simple. We're just going to talk about some of the bigger storylines in the dead summer summer months of the NFL. Because this is the time in NFL media circles where you kind of have to make things up. And when I say make things up, you just kind of have to make things seem bigger than they really are. Because nothing's going on. We still have months before games are played. The NFL draft is gone. Free agency is gone. So we're going to talk about some of the biggest stories around the NFL as many camps break. And perhaps the biggest one right now, which this is horrible, is Dalvin Cook's free agency. And not a big story, but in NFL free agency, in NFL minicamps, this is a big story. A Pro Bowl running back is out there for anybody to take. And of course, he's going to look for the right situation. He's going to want to go to somebody who can win, someone who's going to get him the touches that he wants, that he needs to be successful, and who's going to pay him the right price for it. What that price is, I really don't know. Because what people still haven't figured out yet is what is the value of a veteran running back on the market? And teams are hesitant to pay these running backs that second contract. These running backs aren't getting a decent third contract. Dalvin Cook got a nice extension, but he's already now he's already gone. It doesn't even matter. It's just kind of adding to that fuel that running backs shouldn't get a second contract. Guys like Saquon, who's going to hold out. Josh Jacobs, who got the franchise tag. He's looking for a new deal. Eckler wants a new deal out in Los Angeles. Running backs don't seem to have that value to give them that money because of all the wear and tear that they're going to have on their bodies while playing in the NFL. They're getting hit on almost every play and getting hit by guys who are trying to kill them on every play. So it's more than fair for their bodies at some point to just crumble and not be able to carry an offense. You know, and that's why people talk about not taking running backs in the first round taking somebody like Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, recent years, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. More so with Najee and Travis, and less so with Clyde. Besides the point, Dalvin Cook, now in the free agent market, still a Pro Bowl running back, still at a relatively young age, and he's out there for any contending team, more than likely, to sign him. And there's been a few teams talking about potentially signing Dalvin Cook. One of the biggest names out there is Miami. The Dolphins, on paper, could absolutely use him. They have Raheem Mostert. They have Jeff Wilson. They have Devin Ashane. 
who they just drafted this year. That doesn't spark a lot of fear into my eyes. I'm not an NFL defensive coordinator, but that wouldn't strike fear into my eyes at all. Dalvin Cook with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that's unstoppable. At least it looks unstoppable. It all depends on two to get him the ball the right way, but two played well enough last year when he was healthy that if he were to go to Miami, a place where he's from, it's his hometown, that offense would be dynamic. It would be very, very, very hard to stop. Now, the offensive line has its problems, and they've had its problems ever since their tank for Tua time when Brian Flores was still working on his first year. That offensive line is still not very good. They tried things to correct it, drafted Austin Jackson in the first round, didn't work out. Teron Armstead, big contract, that's worked out. For the most part, that's worked out. But they have some guys there. Robert Hunt's not bad. That line isn't very strong yet. Now they can overcompensate with that by having a dynamic running back, by having dynamic wide receivers for a young and -and up-and-coming quarterback. Dalvin Cook makes sense for the Miami Dolphins if they can get the money to work. And if Dalvin actually wants to go. And most important part, if the Dolphins even want him. Because like we just talked about, running backs are a dime a dozen. They're not all on the same talent level as Dalvin Cook, but you can succeed in the NFL like they did last year with Raheem Mostert, with Jeff Wilson, talented running backs in their own right. Again, not on Dalvin Cook's level, but talented and can get the job done. Raheem Mostert's been around for a long time. I know people don't really believe that, but Raheem Mostert's 31 years old. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. Jeff Wilson was a decent pickup last year, the trade deadline for the Dolphins. They don't need Dalvin Cook. It looks really good to have him. They don't need him. Another team like that is the New York Jets. And for people that know me, people who have listened, my Jets. And I would love Dalvin Cook on the Jets. I know people have problems with signing Dalvin Cook just because, um, you know, they have a running back already. A running back who's very talented in Brees Hall. And Brees Hall... For people who don't know who that is, or for people who aren't too familiar, Bruce Hall was a second-round pick out of Iowa State in the first six or seven games of his rookie year. Dominated. Dominated. Played so well. Behind a Jets offensive line that is not very good. And against Denver, season-ending injury. He's out. And the offense suffered greatly. Michael Carter really couldn't carry the load. Ty Johnson didn't do anything. Bam Knight, undrafted rookie, did a little. When Brees Hall went down, especially with the quarterback play that they had last year with Zach, they need a running back in that offense. And they drafted a guy in the fourth round this year, Israel Abudakande from Pittsburgh. He can do something. Brees is going to be back healthy. Michael Carter at, at this point is still there. Bam is still there. Dalvin Cook in that offense, though, would be pretty special. Especially pairing that now with their new guy, with their new quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. You have him, Brees, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. I think one of the best tight end rooms in the NFL. Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma, Jeremy Ruckert, who I believe is going to have a really good second year after barely touching the field in his first year. Dalvin Cook adds a whole different element to that offense just like he would any offense. But in New York, he has a chance that he can go and win, just like in Miami. If he were to sign there, he has a chance of competing for the AFC East, for the AFC, and for a Super Bowl, which is something that I, as a Jets fan, have not said since 2010. 
and it's kind of awesome to say it out loud. It's pretty nice. And I know me saying this in June, by October, it's not going to be anything because we'll probably be out of it because that's how it works. We're just set up for disappointment every year, even more so this year because we have a four-time NFL MVP as our quarterback. And I don't care how old he is either. I really don't. He's still good. Someone who defended Tom Brady for years against Aaron Rodgers. I have to love Aaron Rodgers now. Does Besides the point. Doesn't matter. Dalvin Cook makes sense for the Jets. Aside from that, I don't really know where Dalvin Cook makes the most sense. There's a few options. I think one sleeper maybe to look at would be Cincinnati, depending on what happens with Joe Mixon, if they can get the money to work. If they can get the money to work there and Joe Mixon isn't there, Dalvin Cook makes sense in Cincinnati because they would need a running back. And that's a team that's contending for a Super Bowl. So it's really about what Dalvin wants and what team's going to take that chance to go and get that running back who's a little bit older. Not 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 30 yet. He has a few years left, but an, an NFL running back at 30 is damaged goods. You're not signing him. So it's really about can you get him for a short-term lease or is he going to try and wait out for that long-term contract? I don't think he's going to get it, but it's worth a shot for him. And any team that's willing to take him will find themselves with a really, really, really good NFL running back. And if you're competing for a championship, it's a good thing to have. It's definitely not a bad thing to have. On the other side of the free agent spectrum, you have DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is old. He's old. I mean, he was drafted in 2013, so that's... 11 years ago now, he's still a talented NFL receiver. And I was talking about this with people the other day. He's still a talented NFL wide receiver, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins of five years ago. And that's fine. He can go somewhere and be the DeAndre Hopkins of 2023 and still be productive. I mean, last year he was suspended for almost the entire first half of the season for PEDs. Came back and was still their leading receiver. On an offense led by the quarterback who can't get off call of duty to save his life. He had a pretty good year. I don't know if he can win at the point of attack at this point of his career like he did five years ago. But again, he shouldn't have to. He can go somewhere and be the number two guy on any team. Be productive. Get good numbers. Take attention away from a number one. Take attention away from everybody else in that offense. And help a team win a Super Bowl. And there's teams out there that would be interested, theoretically. The team that everyone's talking about the most, a team that he's visited, is the Patriots. The Patriots look like they have a needed receiver. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency, and that's fine. That's okay. They still have Devontae Parker. They have Tyquan Thornton, a second-year player out of Tennessee. They have guys there. None of them have the pedigree of DeAndre Hopkins. So that makes sense. That would make sense for DeAndre Hopkins to go... And everyone wants to give crap about the Patriots offense, and I get it, but this isn't the Patriots offense from last year. Matt Patricia is gone. Joe Judge is gone. This is Bill O'Brien's offense now. And Bill O'Brien, say what you want as a GM slash coach, but as a coach, as a play caller, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And Bill O'Brien, people seem to forget this, Bill O'Brien was Mac Mac Jones' offensive coordinator in Alabama. He knows how to work with Mac Jones. Put DeAndre Hopkins in that mix. And now you have another threat for your young quarterback and another threat to help you contend in a very, very tough AFC East because the Bills are still top tier in that division. 
The Dolphins are top tier in that division. The Jets are going to be good. They're going to be good. And the Patriots, after dominating for the last 20 years, have taken a step back. There's no Tom Brady isn't there anymore. Bill Belichick is still trying to figure out how to win without Tom Brady. And also, let's just take a point to think about, too. Everyone's talking about Bill Belichick as this great coach, and he is. I'm not saying that. He is a great coach. He's a great defensive coach. He knows how to run a team. And I've read his biography about 20 times so far. I'll probably read it more. It's such an interesting story. Bill Belichick hasn't won without Tom Brady. Bill Belichick was head coach in Cleveland from 91 to 95, made one playoff appearance. He did win a playoff game there against Parcells, which is pretty cool. But he made one playoff appearance there. 2000, Belichick's first year in New England. The quarterback was Drew Bledsoe, a Pro Bowl quarterback in his own right. They went 5-11. 2001 is when Bledsoe gets hurt and Brady goes in and the rest is history. Six Super Bowls later. Bill Belichick needs to... I think in his heart, he's looking for any way possible to contend without Tom Brady. To prove not to just everybody out there saying he can't win without him, but to himself that he can go and be a competent and successful NFL coach without the greatest quarterback of all time. Hard to do. But when you have someone sitting out there like DeAndre Hopkins to come and help you, I think it makes sense to take that chance. And other than that, I don't really see where he's going to go. Everyone's been talking about the Jets. It doesn't seem like the Jets are interested. People are going to talk about Buffalo. It doesn't seem like Buffalo is interested. You know, they still have to figure out what's going on with Diggs. I don't know if bringing in another guy to take away targets from Diggs is going to help them, especially because they already have competent enough receiving talent on that roster. They just drafted a player in the first round, Dalton Kincaid, who is a tight end, but he's not coming in there to block. He's coming in there to catch touchdowns. They still have Dawson Knox, who's a very productive tight end. Gabe Davis is an okay number two, really good number three wide receiver. They don't necessarily need him. Sure that Josh Allen would love to have him, but if it's going to piss off Stephon Diggs, then just don't bring him in. There's no reason for it. But those are kind of the two big free agents left on the market. Everybody else has been kind of picked clean. It's, we're not going to have somebody like Odell Beckham just waiting out there the entire year. That's kind of it. And I have a feeling that at least by the end of training camp, both those guys would be on rosters. DeAndre Hopkins might be a little bit later, but Dalvin Cook will be in a training camp ready to go week one. I firmly believe that. Other than that, we're going to talk about some of the teams who are going into this offseason with some expectations. Maybe they're going to be up here, down here. We don't really know. And I think the poster child for that limbo situation is the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions are one of the just most losing franchises in professional sports. They are just, they're bad. They've, they're always bad. But not right now. They ended last year on a really good note. I love Dan Campbell as their head coach. Dan Campbell is so fun to listen to. He's always just so fired up and looks like he's on every drug in the world because he's ready to go. But he has those players believing. And it's very obvious. I mean, they went out in Week 18 last year in Lambeau Field. The Packers need a win to go to the playoffs. The Lions were eliminated from the playoffs at 7 o'clock Eastern time because the Seahawks won their game. So they had nothing to play for. And they went into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just because they wanted to, just because they were fired up to do it. And, of course, they want to kick out the rival out of the playoffs, and I get it. But it's hard to motivate a locker room to go up and do that. And Dan Campbell is a master motivator. Jared Goff is having a career resurgence. 
He's playing extremely well. I mean, look, the guy's numbers are incredible. And this is a guy who they threw into that Matthew Stafford deal because the Lions needed a quarterback at that point. The Rams are going to keep golf around with Stafford. They just threw him in to take, take him. We don't want him. A guy who they drafted number one not too long ago. And Jared Goff is enjoying the best football of his career. There you have Amon Rossi Brown. They signed David Montgomery. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. They have talent on that offense. Defensively, they're adding guys to a pretty strong defense in its own right, led by Aiden Hutchinson, last year's number two pick. The biggest signing, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who just helped Philly win the entire NFC. He was a very important part of that team. And he came to Detroit dirt cheap, $8 million for two years. Two years, $16 million. That's not expensive. For a guy who plays at the level that he plays, it's a bargain. And the NFL is taking notice of it. I mean, they're playing Kansas City week one Thursday night in Arrowhead. Of all the teams they could have picked from, they could have picked Justin Herbert and the Chargers in their own division. They could have picked anybody. And they chose the Lions, who, by the way, just unveiled some pretty cool new helmets today. I'm a, I'm a fan. I've seen mixed reactions on Twitter. I'm a fan. I kind of like the blue. But I don't really know what this team's going to be. In the NFC North, they could win that division. Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. The Vikings look like they're taking steps back. The Bears are probably not ready to be competitive yet. Justin Fields is very good, but they're probably not ready to be competitive yet. The Lions, they look like front runners in that division. And the NFC, which doesn't look too good right now, just because the way the quarterbacks are stacked up, they're all in the AFC. The NFC is Jalen Hurts, and then Jared Goff, and then Dak Prescott, and I'm not I'm not going to say that other guy in New York because I don't think he's that good. Anyway, they could win that division. They could also go 4-13. and 13. I could absolutely see that happening just because it's the Detroit Lions, and they took Detroit Lions precautions in the draft this year when they took Hendon Hooker in the third round. And if the Lions start losing games, there's your next quarterback. Because even though Jared Goff has been playing the best football of his career, it's Jared Goff. His upside, his ceiling is not like Jalen Hurts, like Patrick Mahomes, like Herbert. He's not in that classification of potential. So they drafted a guy, just in case. And the Lions have good players. Are any of them superstars? No. Uh, not really. Not yet. Hutchinson can still be a superstar. Gardner Johnson is a star-ish. Jameer Gibbs could be a superstar, but they're not yet. It's going to take time. But the way the NFC is laid out this year, the way the NFC North is, they could be in the playoffs this year. Back for the first time in a very long time. Some Stafford and Calvin Johnson were running the show. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I'm, I would love them. I would love it if they were good because they haven't been good in a long time and I can relate to those Detroit fans that are just looking for happiness because I haven't had any happiness for my teams recently except for the Devils. The Devils killed it this year. They were so fun to watch. I love you, Jack Hughes. You're the man. Just give, just You gave me some happiness. Um, but Detroit could, could be one of those next teams up. Other than that, the last thing we're going to talk about is the rookie quarterbacks coming in. Because 
with the rookie quarterbacks that are in the league this year, there's a lot of them. You go through the list, there is a lot of rookie quarterbacks coming in. And two of them will be starters week one. Bryce Young, there's no question he's a starter week one. All the reports are coming out saying that he's going to be the number one guy. He's taking all the number one reps. He's drafted first overall from a team that needed a quarterback desperately. He's guaranteed week one starter. No doubts about that. CJ Stroud, number two pick. I would say 95% sure he's starting week one. I really don't think that D'Amico Ryan's new head coach of the Texans, wants to trot out Davis Mills week one. I think that's his worst case scenario because that means CJ Stroud isn't ready. And CJ Stroud is the one that's supposed to be ready. Coming from Ohio State, and I know everyone wants to talk about Ohio State's offense and it's not a pro-style trans... It doesn't translate you well to the NFL because it's easy reads. All the receivers are super talented. I mean, in that room, he had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. He had guys in that receiver room that could just get open against teams. And I don't want to teams like Rutgers, teams who are bottom feeding in the Big Ten. CJ Stroud now has to come into an NFL offense where everybody's talented and he's got to think faster. Can he? I think so. I'm a fan of CJ Stroud. He should be the starter week one. I think it's a problem if Davis Mills is there week one. Davis Mills is okay, but he's not supposed to be what CJ Stroud's going to be. Anthony Richardson is the biggest question mark because he could be the starter week one or he, may not, he might not play the entire year. Just because his potential is so great, we have no idea what that's going to turn into. Everyone wants to talk about Cam Newton and the comparisons between Cam Newton and Anthony Richardson. It's completely different just for the sole fact that Cam Newton came in. He was the number one pick. He was the quarterback right away, no questions. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, over 4,000 yards passing, 14 rushing touchdowns as a rookie. It's different. Anthony Richardson doesn't have the college production like Cam Newton did. Anthony Richardson did not come close to winning a Heisman Trophy. His completion percentage was not very good. His touchdown to interception ratio, not very good. Just about the same. So, if he's shown enough in these mini camps, if he can show enough in training camp that he can do it, or at least overcome his deficiencies with the athletic talent that he has, because he's athletic. 6 4 runs a 4-4. That's rare. That's very rare. If he can overcome those deficiencies, mentally, accuracy-wise, then throw him in. Because if we think back to 1998, the Colts drafted the quarterback number one overall. And they weren't sure what they had in him yet. And they said, we're going to play him the entire year. And he played horribly. And they went 3-13. and 13. And then the next year, he started every game again, and they went 13-3. and three. And that's, for people that didn't know, that's Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had a horrendous rookie year, but he learned from it. I feel like you kind of have to go through those growing pains to be a successful NFL quarterback. You don't always have to. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sat out his entire rookie year. Best quarterback in the NFL, by far. Guys like Peyton Manning, who played his entire rookie year, and threw 28 interceptions. Hall of Fame career. Top five quarterback of all time. So it's really at the discretion, the discretion of the coach, Shane Steichen. And Steichen, who worked with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, I, I feel like would look at the talent that he has in that quarterback room right now with Anthony Richardson and just say, go. Go make mistakes. You know, they have a talented roster, but they're probably not going to compete for the AFC South. It's probably most likely going to be Jacksonville or Tennessee if they can get their shit together. But who knows about that? Let him play. See what you have him. See what you have in him and just go from there. And then other than that, Will Levis, he's not seeing the field. I really don't believe so. And if he does, it's late in the year and the Titans are eliminated from the playoffs. 
he might get two games. Aiden O'Connell is someone to look out for. Aiden O'Connell was drafted in the fourth round at Purdue, went to Vegas. Jimmy G's the starter there. Jimmy G likes to get hurt. That's what he's done his entire career. Aiden O'Connell, one of the guys that could be in there. And if the Raiders are struggling like they did last year, they would probably throw out the rookie and say, hey, do something for us. Prove to us that you can be the guy. Because Jimmy's not their long-term answer, and that's very obvious. Everybody knows that. Aiden O'Connell, probably not the long-term option. But who knows? We've seen guys drafted late become stars. It happens. Jake Hayner, Fresno State. He's now in New Orleans. He's Derek Carr's backup. And the Saints are another weird team for me. They could either win 11 games or win two. I really don't know. And if they're on the other side of that, Jake Hayner could be a guy that steps in. See what you have in Jake Hayner. Because they could probably, sorry, they can get out of Derek Carr's contract pretty easily. They paid him a lot of money, but you can get out of that contract. God forbid he doesn't play well. You throw Hayner in there, see what you have in him. Another Fresno State kid, just like Carr. Stetson Bennett's another one that people are going to talk about just because of the weird storylines surrounding him. I mean, he's 25 years old. National Championship quarterback of Georgia, former walk-on. It's a great story, and it's not because he was there for so long. But he reportedly has impressed in minicamp for the Rams. Matt Stafford gets hurt again this year. See what you have in Stetson Bennett. See what you have in the future because McVay and the Rams don't really have a future. They traded away all the picks, spent all that money to win a Super Bowl, and they did it. They did it, so they can't take that away from them. But it's always next play. And they got up and they got punched in the mouth because they had older players, they didn't have cap space, and they didn't have draft picks. So if it's time to start building towards the future, you might have to see what you have in Stetson Bennett first. And then the last guy I'm going to leave everybody with is a guy named Clayton Thune. Clayton Thune was the quarterback of the University of Houston. He was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in this class. Clayton Thune could be the week one starter in Arizona. And that is my hot take for the episode. Clayton Thune could be the week one starter for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray will not be ready just to go week one. Barring a miracle, which I don't see. The next guy up, in theory, is Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, journeyman backup, awesome college player. One of my favorite college players of all time. Mid-30s now. He's old, he's a journeyman, he's not going to get anything done for you. And the Cardinals are going to be bad anyway. I would, if I were Jonathan Gannon, first-year head coach in Arizona, I would throw him out there. Why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? Are you going to lose the games by more? And if so, so what? Clayton Thune had a really, really impressive college career at the University of Houston. And I think he went later than I probably would have slotted him in. I would have put him ahead of O'Connell because I don't think O'Connell has any upside. I think Clayton Thune has a little bit of upside. And in Arizona, where talent is lacking, you want to see what the young guys can do. And he's one of those young guys. And... If you, if you can get him playing well and get out of that ridiculously large contract you get Kyler Murray, it makes the team better in the long run because you can put that money towards different assets. And that's the problem that NFL teams are dealing with right now. Do so you pay that quarterback all that money and then set yourself back with all the skill positions, all the defense positions you have to fill with a lack of money? Or do you find that quarterback in the mid to late rounds and surround him with talent on his rookie contract and win? Finding that quarterback in the middle to late rounds is hard. And 
Teams will keep trying to do it and keep failing, but it can be done. You get a quarterback on a rookie contract, get him playing well, get him talent, you're all of a sudden set for the next five years. So that's my two cents. I would throw him in there and just see what you can do. That's it for today. That's what we're going to go with today just because we're getting right back into it and it's learning curve. And you guys are going to learn with me. I hope you enjoyed this. I, this is awesome. I love doing this. I love just talking about this. I have no outlet for it. This is my outlet for it. And I really don't care if five of you listen or five million people listen. It'll probably be closer to five. And four of them will be in my family. And that is okay. That is no problem. Because it's just going to keep growing. It's just going to keep getting better. So I'll leave you guys with that. The next podcast will be coming out this time next week, June 30th. And I think we got a guest coming on. First guest in a while. So that announcement is going to be coming out this week. I will make sure to post that on the Instagram. Go follow the Instagram. Go check us out on YouTube and on any podcast platform. We pre- I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We will see you guys next week.